Hey, LA football fans, the Left Coasters here. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And if you enjoy the three of us bantering over NFL football, please feel free to give us a like on SoundCloud. Head to Apple Podcasts and give us a review and help this podcast grow. You can also find us at theleftcoasterspodcast.com. And guys, get ready for a show. And welcome, everyone, to week 15 of the Left Coasters podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo. I'm in studio with Matt Dangles, Daniel Antonio. I'm with Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, and we are here for a wonderful, a pivotal week 15 that lays ahead. Both L.A. teams are on fire. Well, I mean, L.A. teams are doing good. Even though there was a loss for the Rams, they're doing good. A pivotal, Breaking out the SAT words this week. I like it. It is, man. When we go through these matchups later in the show, we we will highlight why. It's a big deal, big time item. Me and Brian, however, are very, very happy right now because our two teams won this weekend and are they're both fighting for playoff spots. Still in it, man. And the captain for Green Bay is returning, and I can't wait to see how is he plays. Is that official? Oh, he's coming, baby. He's coming. Right. He's here. The return of the Mac, baby. Return of the King. <laughs> return of the Mac. However, <laughs> diggity dangles. Yes. In a game on Monday night. Ugh. This is how we're going to start off the show. In a game on Monday night, your New England Patriots, after the Pittsburgh Steelers won by one point, against Baltimore and secured themselves an 11-2 and record. New England had to answer, having Pittsburgh this Sunday. What did they do, buddy? Uh, they lost on Monday night in primetime, 27-20. to uh, I mean, you know, look, this is, we, we talked about this before. The Patriots always struggle in Miami. Yes, I heard did. I heard a stat at the end of the game that Sean McDonough said. Uh, he said Tom Brady is now 7-9 and nine as a starter when playing in Miami. I bet if that's not the only one, you can count on one hand the number of uh, opposing stadiums where Tom Brady has a sub-500 record Absolutely. in his career. The, the Patriots have lost uh, out of their last four games in Miami, three out of the last four years. Mm. They've played Miami twice every mm-hmm. year, obviously, once in New England, once in Miami. They have lost three out of those four games. They just, for some reason, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that the fact that the stadium name changes every three years or some <laughs> shit like that. I don't know. You know, pro player stadium, fucking Sun Life Stadium, Miami, who knows what it's called. It's hard. It's hard rock now, and they just can't. They still can't win there. Uh, this was an issue of the offensive line uh, being, A, hurt by a little bit of injuries. We are missing our starting uh, left guard, Marcus Cannon, mm-hmm. and Joe Thune got absolutely manhandled. Destroyed. By uh, by that Dolphins front four, which deserves some credit as well. Their pass rush was incredible on Monday night. They Brady had, was never comfortable in the pocket, and um, and the other thing I think you gotta you, you, you gotta look at is the fact that the Patriots did not convert on a third down, not once Zero over the course 11. of the game. Oh for eleven. I'm, I don't think that's happened in Tom Brady's career. I think Gruden was saying it on the broadcast. It hasn't happened since 1991, yeah. uh, which is the year that the Crafts bought the Patriots. Yeah. Gave you a sense of how long that's been so I mean when Tom Brady can't convert on third downs and they're going three and out 
the Patriots aren't going to win football games, even even with Brady. And and a tip of the cap goes to Xavier Howard oh, as he well. Was so good. The Dolphins' young corner. I guess he's a what second or third year man out of second. Baylor, and he was on Brandon Cooks just blanket all night long. And he didn't Cooks didn't make his first catch until about two minutes left in the fourth quarter when he finally found soft spot in zone coverage because they were running man on him the whole freaking game. Yeah. And he found himself blanketed by Howard or in double coverage with Zay, with Howard and uh, Rashad Jones. So just a bad night over. Overall for the Patriots, and uh, so I, I think what had happened was a bad, yeah, a bad job of stopping the pass rush, and um, you're really starting to see those injuries kind of come through, both on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Xavier Howard, he uh, has not, he did not have a pick in the first two years of his career. In the past two weeks, he has four of them. Two on Monday night against the Patriots. The first one was a bad throw by Brady, but the second one, I implore you all to go watch that play it because was beautiful. Brandon Cooks had him beat. Brandon Cooks had two steps on him, and Xavier Howard caught up on the final steps to. To Brandon Cooks, a speedster, and made an amazing over-the-shoulder grab of a perfect Tom Brady football. Quite the play by Xavier Howard. Also, Dangles, I think uh, Rob Gronkowski really hurt this That's team. That's the other thing, yeah, he absolutely, him not being there was a huge, and again, I mean, I, I held nothing back when I shared my feelings about yes. this last week. That was a bonehead move, and his presence was definitely missed on the field, and you could tell. Uh, that they were struggling to figure out a way to move the ball down the field on offense without that big Gronk drawing a lot of the coverage mm-hmm. away from guys like Cooks and Amendola and Hogan, who was back and got a couple of looks, but just couldn't seem to get it together today. And we got a big game for New England against the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday. We will break that down along with a bunch of other really big-time games in the Pick'em section. We'll be doing the L.A. section, the middle battle for L.A., because both L.A. teams have huge games this week. But before we go anywhere, we have to talk about, for the third time, time this season the leader in the field for MVP of the year has gone down to injury it started with Aaron Rodgers breaking his collarbone after a hot five weeks and then Deshaun Watson came out of nowhere to light the world on fire and put his name in the MVP race and he blew out his knee and then finally the man who made the biggest jump of all this year Carson Wentz who went from good to amazing this year he was uh, with Brady tied for that MVP look you were looking between those two and against the LA Rams diving for what would be a meaningless touchdown he tore his ACL and is out for the season our hopes now lie on Nick Foles for Philadelphia guys what are your feelings there I don't know when I look at their schedule they've got the Giants this upcoming week they play uh, a home game against the Raiders and then home against the Cowboys it is a cupcake schedule for Foles to get ready. Good good on them for having gotten the hard stuff out of the way, but when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and the way they play the ball, it is a very Carson Wentz-friendly offense. Mm-hmm. And Nick Foles, while being a very good backup, their offense is inevitably going to change. It's going to be a different kind of uh, a, a look, if you will. You're not going to see that triple option, you know, pa- pass option play calling like they normally have been doing. So what does that do to that offense? We'll find out in the next three weeks. Yeah. I personally don't think it's going to be as big of a deal until they start getting into the playoffs, and that's when you're, you know, that's when you're playing the, the cream of the crop. Exactly. That's what changes the field. Nick Foles made a Pro Bowl. Nick Foles has thrown for seven He's touchdowns in one to game it. before. But I will say, I mean, Nick Foles is not Brett Hundley. Nick Foles is not Tom Savage. But no. Nick Foles is also not Carson Wentz. No, but he, we know that, it, you know, to that point, we know that he is able to come in in this kind of a situation, step in for somebody who is supposed to be your breadwinner, and, and make those plays. I mean, that 27 touchdowns and two interceptions that he threw in 2014 mm-hmm. when he came in for Michael Vick, I think is still one of the most impressive, like, late season just stat lines I've ever seen strung together in, 
in a long time watching football. It was really impressive to watch what he did. So I think to what they're going to have to do, and this is what we'll really see, is they're going to have to turn to their run game yes. big time. They've got three very capable backs in that backfield, and Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt and Corey Clement, all of whom can do different things very well. I think if you get creative and they start to scheme up some fun stuff and some matchup issues to keep defenses off guard, you know, you could take some of that pressure off of Nick Foles to have to perform at the level that Carson Wentz did because Carson Wentz, they're not going to be able to have him roll out of the pocket like they were anymore. They're going to have to completely redesign the plays because Foles is not a mobile quarterback. No, he's not. He's a good quarterback, but not a mobile one. And if you told me at the beginning of the year that the number one seed in the NFC would be relying on their Super Bowl hopes on Nick Foles, Jay Ajayi, and LeGarrette Blunt, you, it, the NFL is a crazy place, an absolute crazy place of turnover. But moving on, uh, with Carson Wentz going down, you cannot convince me that Philly is now the one seed in the NFC. They might be at record-wise, but I think when you get to the playoffs, Foles is a dramatic step down from where Carson Wentz was. So guys, for the end of this intro section, I want to do a marry, fuck, kill of these NFC teams that are in the playoffs right now. And I want you to tell me, I want you to marry the team that is the biggest threat for the Super Bowl for the NFC. Because we're going to find out with that New England-Pittsburgh game who the biggest threat for the AFC is. But right now, we need to find out of this cluster of good teams who the best one in the NFC is. So you have Minnesota Vikings. They're sitting at 10-3 and in the two seed right now. You have our LA Rams. You also have the New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers, and Atlanta in the sixth seed at 7-5. and five. So out of those five teams... Who's the king? I think it's still got to be the Minnesota Vikings at this point. You know, even after the loss of the Panthers, it was only a, a touchdown that they lost by. They were in that game mm-hmm. up until the very end. I still think they're the team to contend with. They still have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Case Keenum is just about as hot as any quarterback in the NFL right now, the way that he's playing. Uh, they need to get the run game back on track. That was not present at all in that in uh, last Sunday's Carolina game stuffed against it. the Panthers. They absolutely stuffed them. And meanwhile, the ancient Jonathan Stewart went just gangbusters all over the Minnesota defense. It was very impressive to watch, but uh, I'm going to so I'm going to marry the the Minnesota Vikings. I think that coaching staff and just the whole team is still a guys to contend with. Braga, do you agree? It's hard to disagree with that, but I will say the New Orleans Saints yeah. are a team that if you're talking about a 1A, 1B, I put them in that 1B category. I think if they've got Alvin Kamara, they've got Ingram, and Drew Brees is in the playoffs, and their defense is doing really well. They obviously had a loss this week, uh, a tight one against Atlanta, who's surging, Carolina, who's surging, but it's a it's a really tight race all around, man. I, it's hard to pick. I probably got to marry New Orleans, too, because out of out of all these teams, you got to think who's going to be where in the playoffs, and if you have to go to the Superdome and try to beat New Orleans That's there, hard. I understand Atlanta, that was a Thursday night game, a little bit different, asterisk next round Thursday night but going to New Orleans is hard I'm probably marrying New Orleans I'm probably fucking the Atlanta Falcons because there is not a scarier offense when they get it clicking than Matt Ryan to Julio Jones with Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. I understand what New Orleans has. I understand what the Rams have. But that Atlanta offense, when it gets going, can be record-setting. And I think they have it going. You have the you hit the nail on the head. I think when you think about, fuck, who's the scariest? And the scariest team to me right now is the Carolina Panthers. Mm. I, having watched Cam Newton play like Cam Newton finally... I was, sexy. I was the biggest critic of his early in the year because of his missed passes, small little things, things that he that are very uncharacteristic to Cam. He now looks like Cam. That run he had awesome. was awesome. awesome. So if he is playing like that, 
then Carolina's a scary team. Dangles, who you fucking? Uh, I'm fucking in Los Angeles Rams, mm. baby. I think this is the team to beat in the NFC as far as uh, offensively. This is the team that you're going to have to, if you're going to play them, you are going to have to go out there and put up like at least 30 points if you want to beat the Rams. They were right in it up until the very end there uh, on that final play with Carson Wentz, trailing for the for a good portion of the game. But look, I think this, this team can score on you at will in so many different ways. They have tons of weaponry to use. Todd Gurley is just running all over people this season. Uh, I love the Los Angeles Rams' chances, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and fuck them. Big game so, against the Seahawks. Very that's big game change. against the Seahawks. That's in Seattle, too. Yeah, man, that's going to change. If L.A. can play at home, although it wasn't really a home field advantage this past weekend, but if L.A. can play at home in these playoffs, it's a big difference, except, guys, I am out of those five teams going to kill the L.A. Rams. Really? Because that game against Philly, if they don't block that punt against Carson Wentz and score on that touchdown, this is a this is a two-touchdown game that Carson Wentz just owns the team. I understand Philly's been the best team all year. But L.A. played well. They didn't play great. And I think with those five teams, L.A. is clearly the fifth. Like, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to have a fighting chance. But I think out of those five teams, if I had to bet on any of them, I'm betting on L.A. last. I love that offense. I love Todd Gurley. But all an experience to- thing? All, uh, yeah, absolutely, it's an experience thing. It's also this team, that defense, as good as that front line is, they can get beat. They can get 40 points scored on them. You said you have to score 30 to beat them. It's happened a couple of times. I'm excited to see what Seattle gets to do against them because Russell— I mean, Russell can make plays, so we're going to have to see what he does. You guys killing someone here? I'm killing the Rams. Yeah. I'm, I agree with that because I also look at the rest of this pack. The Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Vikings, all of those teams have that gel where you you know that what's going to— it's just the consistency of what those guys have been doing all year. The Rams have been a good team, a, a well-trained, a well-coached team all year, but I don't I don't know if I see golf putting up 350 yards and just blowing one of those teams out of the water. Especially in the playoffs, I, when I you d- have to play like a Carolina defense. And that just be might might be void of consciousness, you know, just not being able, not having seen him do it yet is is kind of the thing. I, I just, I envision Carson Wentz doing that. I envision, I, hell, I envision Case Keenum doing that. And I mean, I understand that, you know, L.A. has, Goff has done this against good defenses this season. Goff has proven himself. This team has Absolutely. proven himself. But when the playoffs are on, it's you're under the bright lights. It's a different story. And I'm not sure the Rams are ready for it. Dangles, who are you killing? I'm killing the Atlanta Falcons, okay. guys. Uh, Matt Ryan threw three picks last week. He did. Uh, that was and, and it was bad. This offense has been inconsistent all year long, and that's what worries me honestly. Two of these last three games are, I mean, they're well, all of their all, all of their remaining games for the Falcons are in division. They have to play the Panthers and the Saints each once more. Um, the Panthers and the Saints. Look, there, there are three teams we're talking about here from the NFC South. Not not all of them can make the playoffs, let alone the Super Bowl. Uh, so one of them has to has to fall off. The Falcons are not the same team that they were last year. They're beatable on defense. Uh, Matt Ryan, when he gets in trouble, has been worse than better this year, unfortunately. And that inconsistency on offense is what truly worries me. It's year. crazy to think one of these teams, maybe possibly two, will not make the playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, that's crazy. There are teams right on the heels: the Seattles, Green Bay's, Dallas. Because those world, teams right are on the heels. so good. Well, and yeah. Green Bay, as we all know, is a very, very different team with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback than they than they are with Brett Hundley. So I think that changes hugely changes the conversation. I think bigly, maybe even changes the conversation. Especially this week. Uh, yeah, once Aaron Rodgers comes back, that makes the NFC North a whole different story. So let's move on now. Let's start breaking down these games. But before we get to the battle for LA section, we got to do the fan favorite, Gravestones. Left coasters. 
And now for everyone's favorite time of the week, it's time for the Gravestones section. This section is going to be special because from now on, we, each of the hosts, will be picking two teams apiece to put into the grave and say they will not make the playoffs this 2017 season. Our grave pool consists right now, teams we've all successfully killed throughout the, throughout the year. The Cincinnati Bengals, Los Angeles Chargers, Cleveland Browns, Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, and Houston Texans. From the AFC, the NFC has the San Francisco 49ers, Chicago Bears, New York Giants, Arizona Cardinals, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Eleven teams in the grave pool. I guarantee you many more will join this week because there's two to be had for each team. So let's move on now to gravestones. This week... The order of execution will go as follows. Matthew will go first and fourth, myself second and fifth, and the ballerina third and sixth. Tough sledding for the ballerina. Dangles, we turn to you. In past weeks, you've killed Indy, Washington, and Dallas. Your first selection and to open us up will be... To the north, in Oakland. The Raiders must fall this week on Gravestones. Their play has been inconsistent. The Derek Carr of last year is not the Derek Carr of this year. I think we saw that this past week. Mm. The Raiders are in a very difficult division, and right now the teams to beat are your Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs, Mm. and I think things will stay that way for the final three weeks. So to Gamblin' Jack Del Rio and the whole organization there in the Raiders, sorry. Goodbye. Goodbye. Enjoy your shitty stadium. For one more year. For one more year. In past weeks, I've killed the Baltimore Ravens, those Oakland Raiders, and the Honolulu Blue Lions. This week, I'm using some of my get-out-of-jail-free cards because there's really not a number of picks to make. First up is the Deadskins of Washington. Jay Gruden might lose his job. And Kirk Cousins, get as far away as you can from the capital. Brian, in past weeks, you've killed Denver, Indy, and those Deadskins. Who will you take now? This week, I will be killing the Buffalo Bills. Ooh, really? Really? At 7-6, and six, with the Ravens and the Chargers hot on their tail. I don't expect the Buffalo Bills to be making it to the playoffs this year. Wow. I'm stunned. Goodbye, Buffalo. Okay, Buffalo. Our first one goes down. Now let's bring it back around the horn. Dangles, your next pick. My next pick, with apologies to the ballerina, will be the Detroit Lions. Yeah, good pick. Yeah. They were my one last uh, sort of get out of jail free card because I just, I don't, I just don't think it's there. I don't think the coaching is there, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the consistency is there on the offensive side of the ball at the run game, particularly, and really even in the pass game, to be perfectly honest. Easiest schedule here on out. Not been a bad year for Matt Stafford, so. All right, settle down, boys. (laughs) For my next pick, (laughs) I'll be taking down Obi-Wan Jacoby and the Indianapolis Colts because it is far from time for Chuck Pagano to also lose his job. Good night, Indy. Andrew Luck, get well soon. Brian, the final pick. With this last pick, I will be killing 
your Green Bay Packers. Are you fucking kidding me? Dead serious. With a schedule. Love to hear your reasoning. With the schedule that they have at the Panthers, nine yeah. and four, yeah. playing the Vikings, ten and three, yeah. and at the Lions, seven and six. Yeah. They need to win. Uh-huh. Probably all three of those and games. They will. And they will not. Okay. With that running game, that offensive line, and yeah. that crappy defense. Good night. Okay. They almost lost to the Browns. They did. They did. And with that terrible decision by Brian, that is the end of our gravestone section. Oh, but first, let us bow our heads in silence for Washington and Indy as they join the grave pool. And we'll see you on the other side for the battle for LA. And now we are back for the battle for Los Angeles. This is where we'll be baking down the Rams game and the Chargers game that lie ahead because both these teams are fighting for the playoffs. But first, guys, we have a special announcement. The Battle for LA section is brought to you by Helmet.World, your custom helmet go-to player. If you want to go get an NFL helmet or anything on an NFL helmet, mini helmet, regular size helmet, my man David Boza is going to hook you up. He's Helmet.World on Instagram. He's Helmet.World on Facebook. Very affordable prices for these dope, beautiful-looking helmets. And uh, we may have some swag coming the left coaster's way with some designs that the ballerina Balzarini has sent over. And these helmets are legitimate. They are hard-hitting. You can look like a fool in your office, and they are cool as shit. They're chrome. They're plated. You can do whatever color, whatever scheme you want. Helmet.world on Instagram. Helmet.world on the Facebook can't wait to see what he's cooking up for us. Now let's do the battle for LA. As always, we are the Left Coasters. We are the Left Coasters podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, the Left Coasters pod on Twitter. You can reach us by Gmail, theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com, and you can visit our website as well and send us inquiries that way because we got a lot to talk about for the battle for LA, guys. You ready to go? Let's do it. Dangles, my man, what happened last week? for the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's start right there. Ooh, we're starting with the Chargers. Well, they put it on at the StubHub Center. 30-13 to 13 is your final over the Washington Redskins. Phillip Rivers, 18 of 31 for 319 yards and two touches. Melvin Gordon had 22 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. Tyrell Williams leading the way uh, through the air for the Chargers. Four catches for 132 yards and a touchdown. Not a great day for Kirk Cousins. He only threw for 151 yards, a touchdown and a pick. They really didn't get anything going on off offense and I think that was shown on the scoreboard your they final again 32-13 and the Chargers did not seem to have much trouble with this Redskins team at all no the Redskins team looks like it's given up on its season and the Chargers did whatever the hell they wanted to him Melvin Gordon didn't have a banner day but Phil Rivers continues his hot streak late into his career here he's playing wonderfully this Chargers team is one of the hottest teams in the NFL seven and two over the past nine it's scary what to what could happen for this Chargers team. Brian, what do you uh, draw from that game? I'm excited to see that the wide receiving core is in full swing here. Yes. I mean, that was, you know, we knew Keenan Allen had the goods, but it was just nice to see Hunter Henry, four four receptions, 50 yards, one touchdown. That's the kind of thing you want out of your tight end. Absolutely. So uh, that's the thing I take out of it is that you, you saw the secondary to the, the tertiary, if you will, mm. uh, stars on this team coming up to the surface and stepping up and making plays and really keeping this Washington Redskins team I mean at bay we didn't uh, the Chargers did not have a lot of sacks it was not a it was not a defensive dominant it was just a consistent pressure making Kirk Cousins who doesn't get sacked often uh, uh feel the pressure and that showed that showed a great deal in their uh, third down efficiency 2 for 12 
two for 12 the Washington Redskins was. That's fantastic. So winning where it counts, making making plays when it matters most, and just keeping those those turnovers and down. And hey, we have a kicker. We do. How we about have a that? Kicker. Travis Coons, he ki- welcome. He welcome kicked. to Los Angeles. He was great. If he only did. we had had you in weeks one through four. He did great. He did everything what was asked of All him. All extra points. It everything. It was great. He did. Uh, he had a great week. Kudos to this team, really, for just hitting their stride right when they need to. Yeah. I think Anthony Lynn is finally getting comfortable in that head coaching chair. You can see Phillip Rivers is sort of settling into that midseason form yeah. where Neil maybe starts to lean towards the Hall of Famer side in that Sons of Italy bar debate over whether yes. or not he's a Hall of Famer the yes. way that he's been playing in the latter part of this season. But it, and a, a credit to that team, the coaching staff. I'm raising my hand right now to put up and say I was wrong. I was I wrong was, too. I was wrong on this Anthony Lynn cat. I did not think he had it in him. I still don't know if he's a great mind for the football game, making decisions on the fly, but he clearly did not let this team be lost in the shuffle after a terrible, terrible start to the season. Whether it was him or the veterans on the team that just took everyone in and said, guys, keep fighting, keep plugging away. We're right there. And it's true. Now they're on the precipice of the playoffs. And who do they have this week? Because it's a real big deal game for this playoff run for the Chargers. The Chargers will be visiting the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday, December 16th. Night game. Night game on Saturday night. Huge game. Huge game. Huge game. And I think this is the game that we as Chargers fans, wannabe Chargers fans, are hoping that they're in the position to be in and competing for a very tough, tough division win. Yes. Against a Kansas City team who is really hurting right now. I mean, it's hit or miss with this Kansas City team. The past two weeks, their offense has been on fire, but they lost to the Jets, and then they beat up Oakland real bad. So um, you don't know what you're going to get, but I think Kansas City's found themselves on offense more. What do the Chargers need to do to win this game and win this division? This is a division-winning game. You look back at the end of the season, how did you get to where you are? You win this game. 28th-ranked defense for Mm -hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm You put that. You put it on them. Yeah. You put your foot on the gas, yeah. and you don't let up. Something funny here: the, the Los Angeles Chargers did not allow the Washington Redskins in the red zone once wow. last game. So wow. that's that's really the big yeah. that's really the big thing. If they can repeat against the Kansas City Chiefs, keeping them out of the red zone, that will be a feat of momentous proportions. Yeah. For me, this is about forcing Alex Smith to turn the ball over. The teams that were able to beat them when they had their little slump the last uh, over the last couple of weeks, Alex Smith only threw one touchdown pass through those games. He threw three interceptions. They forced him to turn the ball over. They for, first of all, they forced him to make plays, which forces him to turn the ball over because Alex Smith can be inaccurate when he gets put under pressure. Mobile as he is, uh, he needs to be made to win the game, and the defense needs to make him turn the ball over. So get pressure on him. Again, this comes down to Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa coming off the edges and getting pressure on on Alex Smith. And if they can keep Kareem Hunt from breaking out of whatever slump that he's in, uh, I think they stand a good chance to win this game. But again, as I always say, Arrowhead is one of the toughest places to oh, play. Yeah, very tough. So, uh, you know, this is going to be how, this is an, also going to be how good is Anthony Lynn at communicating to Phillip Rivers, mm. and how good is he going to be at may, having to make calls at the line, because he's probably going to be having to do a lot of that on his own. Phillip Rivers is not a bad guy to have in that driver's seat when yes, you uh, when you want to be making calls at the line in a very loud stadium. I feel like Anthony Lynn versus Andy Reid in a game of 
clock management is kind of a wash. They're just so going to run the whole there. game down. Like they're yeah. just literally. They're, just they're gonna, both not great at making those they're decisions. They're going to forget they have timeouts. My key to this win right here and how the Chargers need to come in and beat Kansas City is I need every Chargers defensive player to go look up a bunch of uh, Harry Houdini, David Copperfield, David Blaine acts and just watch a bunch of magic acts over and over again and watch the Masters of Illusion because that's what Kansas City does. They had a play uh, against the Oakland Raiders where Tyree Kill came across the formation before the snap and then was motioned again back across the formation once again and Kareem Hunt went off to the left on the play. Tyreek Hill is now running to the right and all these defenders part the ways and they hit Travis Kelsey down the middle of the field. It's all glitz and glamour for Kansas City. They do very simple things but they throw a lot of shit at you so you go, well, where's it going? Where's it going? Where's it going? Just stay true to your plan. Stay true to your gaps. Do what you were supposed to do and you will beat this team. Kansas City doesn't do anything special. They just throw a bunch of glitter at you real fast. So Get ready for a couple of magic acts and be ready to fight through that magic. I really think the Los Angeles Chargers can win this game in Arrowhead. What do you guys think? I think that <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Chargers win this game. You mm. ride the streak, man. They are mm-hmm. riding the wave right now. Uh, they are the, one of the hottest teams in football. Phillip Rivers is confident in the pocket. Melvin Gordon seems to have found his sweet spot. And if you can't defend Keenan Allen, I mean, which we saw over the last couple of weeks, nobody's been able to. And then Tyrell Williams and other guys are able yeah, to step back. up, right? Yeah. Like, welcome. This is a guy who we thought was going to be their number two go-to all year long. So I'm I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. I like them to surprise Kansas City in Kansas City. I agree with you, man. I really think the Chargers can win this game, and it's because of that pitiful pass defense that the Kansas City Chiefs have. Phillip Rivers should be able to throw for legitimately 300 yards in this game without Easily. without blinking. And, I mean, guys like Keenan Allen, Terrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, Hunter Henry, all these guys should have huge, huge days attacking this team deep. The thing that scares me about Kansas City, though, and L.A.'s been prone to give these up, Kansas City is very good at the deep ball themselves. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, they're good at those long bombs. And Kareem Hunt can make plays uh, that take 50 yards at a time as well. Brian, what do you think is going to happen? I think it's going to be a tight game. I think there's going to be a lot of points. And I think the Chargers are going to take this one home Wow! because we have a kicker. The tight games that the the Chargers (laughs) typically lose are going to be in their grasp. And I think the confidence, the momentum category is in the favor of the Chargers. I think they believe. I think they finally got things going. And I think they have Kansas City's number. I Mm. mean, Kansas City beat them up pretty good early in the season. But I think this is a different team. This is a different mindset, and this is and this is a team that is not willing to squander mm-hmm. it. I don't believe that they're going to walk into Kansas City and get their pants kicked in. Mm-hmm. Keep fighting even when Alex Smith does run for 15 yards, even if Kareem Hunt does take take it to the bank. I think there's going to be some tight, there's going to be some back and forth, but I think the Chargers pull it out. Really quickly, Tony, I love uh, I love that you bring up the deep ball point. I think that's a great thought. I'm really looking forward to seeing that matchup. You almost guarantee Casey Hayward is going to be the guy who's covering Tyreek Hill all day. He's a tough dude to keep up with, but mm-hmm. he's just running full-on go nine just down the field until you can't run no more. I'm very interested to see. That's going to be maybe the the one-on-one matchup to watch in that game. Come on, guys. They were the Crazy best, year. They were the best team at one point, recall. Crazy year. Let's go, Chargers. Moving on to the Rams. They lost a heartbreaker to uh, Nick Foles at the end, but mostly Carson Wentz led Philadelphia Eagles. And in a game where I was most disappointed at the fans, it's unbelievable that this good team, this L.A. Rams team, could host the biggest game in the past two years in L.A., and you had more 
Philly fans it than anyone like else. Philly in there. West. You were getting MVP. You were getting MVP chance for Carson Wentz that were audible from the TV from the telecast, which is crazy. There was a deadline article that showed that there was a project casting notice out. That's a website that actors use to go find jobs. There was a project casting notice out looking for extras to fill the stadium. Shut and, up. Well, yeah, because Fox, uh, uh, either Fox or ESPN was here. Their NFL broadcast was outside of LA, and they were casting extras to act as Rams fans and cheer on during the telecast, like when they're behind the people on the outside. I thing. read that. When you have to go through that to fill up a stadium of a nine and two team, that's insane. So I was very disappointed in the fans, but also we lost the game. How do we lose this game, guys? Uh, it was forty-three to thirty-five uh, was your final. Uh, and how do we lose this game? His name is Carson Wentz, uh, despite the fact that he went down with an ACL tear uh, at the very end of the game. There, what has now been confirmed is an ACL tear. Uh, he still went twenty-three of forty-one for two hundred ninety-one yards and four touchdowns. Jay Ajayi led the way on the ground for the Eagles, fifteen carries, seventy-eight yards. Torrey Smith had a uh, hundred on on through the air on six catches. Jared Goff. Meanwhile, 199 yards on 16 of 26 for two touchdowns. Gurley got the ball 13 times, and not he made they, not enough, but he made the most of those carries. 96 yards and two touchdowns. I thing. do think they still need to get get him the ball more. We, the Gurley thing pisses me off because we were watching this game all together, and we were watching how well Gurley was so doing good. in the beginning of the game, and then they simply stopped handing him the ball. They started running that Packers offense where they run a play-action pass every first down, and they the pass goes nowhere, and suddenly you're in second and long, third and long situation. Became predictable. Gurley was on fire. 13 carries to Todd Gurley is not enough carries. That man should be getting 20 to 25 a game easy. Well, I think unfortunately what killed Gurley, what killed the the Rams ultimately were the turnovers. Tavon Austin, who gets one touch, one touch, and he fumbles the ball and loses it. That, uh, I mean, th- he's gone. Let's just say that. He's yeah. not going to be a Rams next yeah. year. That kills you. That yeah. kills everything you're doing. And in these tight games where everything matters, that's going to that's going to doom you. So turnovers really hurt this team. And let's be honest, they put up a 35, they put up 35 bangs on on, on, on a very the, good Philly on a very defense. good Philly yeah. team. Very good Philly team. So where there where where you look to for improvement, they need to do a better job against quarterbacks. Who can run? Carson Wentz was is that He's un- mobile. is that mobile. unique blend, and I think that's why Russell Wilson, you know, is going to be interesting this week for them. I think that's going to be kind of the the quarterback that's going to give this defense a problem in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you beat how do you beat a guy like like Tom Brady, like Aaron Rodgers, like Carson Wentz? These these guys whose name come up in the MVP. You don't let them get on the field. You keep them on the bench. They can't beat you if they're not on the playing field. The Eagles had the ball for just shy of 40 minutes. The Rams just shy of 21. That mm-hmm. time of possession huge. is huge. The amount of time that Carson Wentz spent on the field compared to uh, uh, Jared Goff. This is the highest. The Rams have the, the best scoring offense in the NFL. If Jared Goff is on the field, he is leading his team down the field to score. And I, what got me thinking about that was, you know, you're, you're pointing out he got the ball 13 times. That's not enough. He should be getting it 20 or 25. It's not like they were passing. Passing the ball at, at any other time. Jared Goff only threw 26 passes. It would be one thing if Todd Gurley got the ball 13 times and Jared Goff threw 40 freaking passes, but he didn't. So the Rams just plain old weren't on the field to score points. And when you're turning the ball over, I mean, it's a bad combination and it, it adds up to an L. Still, though, they have to have double the amount of pass attempts that you do Todd Gurley rushes. That's that's giving a, the ball to the not to the strength of your offense. It should be all around Todd Gurley and that that. That game pissed me off in that regard. And Philly played very well. And the Rams played very well. It was just you were beaten by a better team. Clear, clear red, as day. Red zone efficiency was 4 for 4 for the Rams. 
really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. Kudos mm-hmm. to the Rams for for making it count when it when when they needed to. Well, now we have a game this week that where all the marbles are being thrown in. You need to win this game because we are this playing is it. Brian, the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Big deal game. We have the Chargers in a divisional game where the winner should win that division. And then this game right here, you, the winner of this game should win this division. If LA wins this division, I believe they have a two-game lead on the division. And that would be huge with only two weeks remaining. But it's in Seattle. Seattle is the king of the West until they're dethroned. Is it time for the Rams to dethrone this team? How are they going to do it? I think they are. I mean, I, I you have to find a way to stop Russell Wilson because the normal make him beat you doesn't apply here because he will. Mm. You make Russell Wilson beat you, he will beat you. See, it's, it's tough to know where to look here because even as with the holes that they have, the glaring holes that they have on the defense with all the injuries that they're dealing with and their awful offensive line and their complete and total lack of run game, somehow they manage to win games they and do. Russell Wilson manages to fill that hole and be a running game and a passing game all by himself. So... I, I honest to goodness think they just got to come out and be the team that is the best scoring offense in the NFL. Yes. If you make them, the, the Seahawks, go touchdown for touchdown with you, I don't know that they're necessarily going to be. Because the way the Seahawks play is they'll score a touchdown and a field goal maybe over the first three quarters of the game. And then Russell Wilson turns the afterburners on in the fourth quarter, scores three touchdowns, you know, and they win by 14. Mm-hmm. That's how they're going to beat you. Uh, or that's how they beat most teams. The Rams will score on you in the first quarter. They'll score on you in the second, and then they'll continue to do it throughout the rest of the game. So I think if, if, if they make the Seahawks go touchdown for touchdown with them and make them go tit-for-tat Russell Wilson with Goff, it's not going to be easy for Russell to just run all over them. Braga? I think you need to look at that tape from the Jacksonville Jaguar game. They did an extraordinary job against Russell Wilson. Now, mind you, they Russell Wilson still had two, you know three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, but he had three interceptions, and how did they do that? They forced him to throw the ball long mm-hmm. under duress. They they said, hey, if you're gonna beat us, guess what? We're gonna we're gonna stack the box. You're not gonna run. You're we're gonna we're gonna spy you all day. You're gonna have to throw this ball way deep for us for for us to lose this game. On the other side of the ball, what did Jacksonville do? They gave the ball as much as they could to Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was just getting the hard yards all the time, and they and they and Blake Bortles was 18 for 27, 268 yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions against the Seattle Seahawks defense. This defense is not that good. Not anymore. It's not that good if Blake Bortles isn't forced to make mistakes then Jared Goff should should be looking at himself this week and saying I'm going to take this on my shoulders Todd you're going to get your balls but my balls are going to count yeah. My my passes are going to count, and I'm going to be efficient as hell, and we're going to do exactly what they did. We're going to force Russell Wilson to make mistakes, and we're going to be as efficient as we can on offense. And let your special teams, let let Hecker and 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 let uh, the leg Zerline there do their job yeah. on the other side of the ball and give you field You've position got all day. One of the best special teams units, if not the best special teams unit in the entire uh, in the entire NFL. You should feel confident about this game yeah. if you're the LA Rams. Mm. This and is not the Seattle of old. This is not Seattle at Seattle. This is anymore. not Legion of Boom Seattle. Seattle lost at home, recall, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. So it's it's doable. It's very doable. And if you want to be the playoff team that people are scared of, you go into Seattle and you kick them in the face and you come back to, to Los Angeles with a big W. And Jared Goff gets Robert Woods back. Assumedly, he is on track to play for this Sunday, and that will be a huge, huge. help big, for him big, because big, big. he is a favorite target. Big, big, big. Uh, uh, I agree with you completely, guys. That special teams unit needs to be huge in this game because I don't think it's a touchdown for touchdown game dangles. I think it's going to be very tight and very close. It's going to come on the the uh, field position of Johnny Hecker and then Greg the Leg making some big-time field goals in a very hot stadium. I will say, though, 
If Seattle's defense can make Blake Bortles look like a serviceable quarterback, Jared Goff needs to have a huge day. I just talked about how you need to give Jod Gurley the ball more. I'm going to disagree with myself right now on this game. This is a Jared Goff day. This pass defense, that run defense is still very, very good. I understand they pounded the ball over and over again. Jacksonville did with Leonard Fournette, but Todd Gurley got stuffed the last time they played Seattle. I think they're going to stuff him again. Jared Goff needs to be perfect, absolutely perfect. If Blake Bortles can do it, Goff can do it even better. I guarantee you there. The matchup that scares me the most, though, is Trumaine Johnson on Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin's very, very good, and Tremaine Johnson has shown to be a hothead and is not worth the money that the franchise tag is paying him. He needs to step up big if the Rams need to win this game. Gentlemen, who are you going to pick? I'm picking the Los Angeles Rams. I think the Seattle Seahawks are in a position right now where they're, they're I don't feel like they feel like they're a complete team. What was happening at that game in Jacksonville when they were screaming at the fans and going nuts? I mean, they were losing their cool left and right. Absolutely. I mean, th- how any of those players didn't get suspended is beyond me. But the point is, is they're 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 showing cracks, and that is to me a sign of a team late in this year who are looking who who don't believe necessarily in the cause as much as they did. They're mm-hmm. not as cocky as they once were. No. Let them fall apart. I think the Rams are going to stick it to them. Diggity. I'm going with Seattle at home here. I think you also have to remember that this is their season as well. As much as we're talking about the Rams, this being their, the, you know, this this game being, you know, the linchpin in that playoff season. This is also if the if the Seahawks don't win this game, they're pretty much not going to the playoffs unless the Rams completely and totally melt down. This is their season, and at home in front of the home crowd against a division rival, against you know, with Russell Wilson playing the way that he has been in the last couple of weeks. As much as I want the Rams to win this game, and I'll be rooting against myself, I don't care what happens in the pick 'em to me. Yeah. But I just think, from a football standpoint, the Seahawks win this game. They just do. I uh, don't think if you said Jared Goff has to be perfect, I could not agree more. And I don't think that he is ready yet to be perfect at a game like this. You're not going to have a man waving the towel harder for Jared Goff than I will on Sunday. Oh no, yeah. But I'm still picking Seattle to win this game. I just believe Russell is going to win this game, and that defense. Jared Goff, I don't think he will be perfect. If I had to put smart money on I don't think he will be. And I think the Seattle offense can do things. I think they found a running back in Mike Davis. He did go out of the Jacksonville game with rib injuries, but I don't think it's a terrible injury. And Mike Davis, if they find their seventh running back and he's the lucky one, they're a scary team if they can run the ball too because formerly they couldn't and they were still winning games. I'm a little bit nervous about Jared Goff here going with Seattle. And with that, that is the end of our Battle for LA section. Let's break down the other great games this week for the weekly pick'em. And now here we are for the weekly pick'em. I used to be excited for this section. I am not any longer because I am 10 games off of the tied leaders of Brian and D'Angelo Antonio. My record is 119 and 89. These two stand at 129 and 79. Brian fell back to the pack by having a 7 and 9 week. Dangles went 9 and 7. I went right in the middle at 8 and 8. None of us had a good week where one of Mm -mm. us could really pull ahead. Ten games behind with three weeks remaining. I really think I'm going to hold on to this bronze real hard, but you two have a fight to have. We uh, we all picked the Chargers. Brian was alone on making the Rams his pick for this week. What are the rest of the games, Brian? All right, starting off this week in Thursday, December 14th, we've got the Broncos who, who cares? at the Colts. Who cares? Can we, do, can we I, yeah. do a 3-2-1 on this Thursday game I won't watch? Let's all start right. off right here. All right. Three, two, one. Colts. Denver. Uh, Dangs has Denver. The two of us have Indy. Moving on. Next, we have the 
Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions on Saturday, December 16th. This is also the other game on Saturday, along with the Chargers and the Chiefs. It is fun to have two Saturday night games. I'm excited Terrible about it. because I'm usually not available Saturday nights, but Saturday's a fun time to have some of these games, and they'll be good doing Saturday games for the rest of the season. Detroit is at home. Correct. I'm picking Chicago. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they put 33 points up on a very, very good Cincinnati defense last week with, with, with ease. Uh, if Jordan Howard has himself a day on that Detroit Lions run defense, which is very possible that he might, that opens up a lot of room for Mitch Trubisky to have himself another another time. Uh, and I think the Lions are, are you know, fumbling a little bit right I, now. I just think Detroit is the definition of up and down last week. Mm. They were up, now they're coming back down. So I'm going oh, with Chicago. W- Dangles, you go Chicago? Yeah. They right. weren't up last week. That was, that was a sad state of affairs. They got lucky in Tampa Bay. But one interesting stat that's uh, going to be the difference maker for me, Detroit Lions have the fourth-ranked passing offense. The Chicago Bears have the 32nd. I'm going big for Matt Stafford, Detroit Lions. Back on the fan wagon, Brian. Hey, man, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna say the same thing that Dangles did. It's 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 about pickums. I think that the Lions win I don't think they're I personally don't think they're going to make the playoffs but that's just when you're out go, of it go with your just heart, when man. you're out of it that's that's when the Lions surprise just when you. you think you're out they pull you they back pull you in. back in the goddamn Lions all right so start of the Sunday games we have the Texans at the Jaguars uh, I think the Jaguars win this game Tom Savage real quick did you guys see the video of him after yes, he got hit and Bill Bill O'Brien has since said that if he had seen that video as well he would not have put Tom Savage what back was, into after, that game after he was hit and they took him out for a play the reason they took him out is because he was legitimately, at least the video showed it, his hands were twitching. It looked like he was having a mini seizure before the ref went over to him and took him off the field. He then returned to the field to continue playing a sport where contact is happening every play. Every every game that has ever played in the regular season, playoffs, preseason, whatever, has a person from the NFL on the field to overrule everyone and say, no, sir, I know you want to come back to play, but you need to sit here and I need to test you for what could be a concussion. After seeing that play, and the cameras caught it, the the, the people announcing the announcing team caught it, for the NFL official not to be able to see that man legitimately having a mini seizure on the fucking football field and not take him out it was scary. is terrible. After we just had a man almost paralyze himself, Prayers to Ryan Shazier on what he has to go through. To see that on Sunday and then have him return is insane. Regardless, I don't think there's a chance in hell T.J. Yates, although we played well, I don't think T.J. Yates beats Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville wins in Jacksonville, I think. I'm going with Jacksonville as well. And you know what's scary? Jacksonville Jaguars, if there's any slip-ups on the New York, uh, New England Patriots or the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. they could very well be a bye-week team. A bye-week team. Next, we have the Ravens at the Browns. I mean, hey, Cleveland put up a fight. They really did. They really put up a fight, and they wanted so bad to beat Green Bay, and Green Bay almost let him. <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't really matter what happens from here on out because at least according to either their GM or their owner, Hugh Jackson has a job next year no matter what happens with the end of this season. Yeah, the GM was fired midweek last season, obviously after we recorded and put out the podcast. So now they have a new GM. They hired the old guy from Kansas City, uh, Dorsey. Dorsey. Uh, this game is in Cleveland. It is. I'm still going with Baltimore. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. It's not a bad bet. You want to hear some stats to back that up? I will say uh, the only stat I need to know is that Jimmy Smith missing from that Baltimore pass defense made Baltimore. I mean, Big Ben had 500 yards. Deshaun Kaiser's obviously not Big Ben, and Josh Gordon's obviously not Antonio Brown. But I think this is a big day for Cleveland. I think Cleveland. I think Cleveland believes it's believe land. I'm going with Cleveland. Baltimore 27th ranked offense to the Cleveland Browns 24th defense. Baltimore Ravens 14th. 
Cleveland Browns 12th. Hey, if I'm going to catch up to you guys, I need to make some fucking picks. Let's go, Cleveland. Mm. All right. Uh, I'm going to stick with Baltimore just because, you know, somehow somehow with those statistics, Baltimore's 7-6 and six and, and, and in my opinion, going to be that sixth seed. I don't understand yeah. how this is happening. but Let's go, Browns. It is. You made me a believer. Thank you for losing to Green Bay. Oh, big game here. Packers at Panthers. Return of the Mac. It doesn't matter. Return of the I'm Mac. I'm going to pop the bubble. It's Carolina Return all the way. Return of the Mac. The if, man is back. If Aaron Rodgers is in the this game, the man is back. The Packers win. MVP. I mean, come on, guys! It's fucking Aaron Rodgers. Green. This team was uh, this team was one of the best teams in the league. They were four and one when he went down. It's the same. Convince staff. me that Cam's going to beat them. I'm convinced that Cam is probably going to be sailing into the playoffs, and I, it doesn't really matter what this running game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers cannot beat the Carolina Panthers single-handedly. I don't think he Jonathan has. Jonathan Stewart doesn't rush for like 150 yards. The Panthers don't win that game. It's also not single-handedly. Or Cam Newton. It's also or not Cam single-handedly. Newton. I think Cam Newton's in his. I think Am, Cam Newton is playing the best ball of the season, and that's a scary prospect. I mean, he's also an MVP caliber quarterback. Two things. Two. And Aaron Rod- and Aaron Rodgers is coming off a clavicle injury. What? Two things. Get out of here. Carolina has had the most uh, uh, trouble against what? Offenses that score lots and lots of points. Green Bay, not only is Aaron Rodgers coming back, but Jordy Nelson's coming back. Randall Cobb's coming back. Devontae Adams hasn't left because he was the only man that Brett Hundley would throw to. This whole offense changes with Aaron Rodgers there. He is legitimately the best quarterback not named Tom Brady in the National Football League, and he is back and supposedly 100% healthy. If he's slinging the ball, I don't care how many dumb plays Mike McCarthy calls, they're going to win this game. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm going with Green Bay. Dangles, who are you going with? Green Green Bay. Bay. Let's go Packers. Right. Let's go Packers. I'm can't, so excited. I can't be close. wait for you to be wrong. And, and Brett Hundley, before we move on, Brett Hundley, thank you for your service. Go back on the bench. You did a great job. All you had to do was keep Green Bay in the hunt, and somehow, some way, we are. Does he win really quickly? Does he earn himself a starting job somewhere else with this, this showing? Not. Well, he did not play well enough, but I think he earns himself a second contract with the Green Bay Packers to be Aaron's backup for the next three to four years, which is, you know, it's There are worse places money. that you can be. Getting paid and money. And you're learning from the best. All right. Green Bay. Good luck. Dolphins at Bills. Man, the mm. Dolphins. Well, it depends on what this game is in Buffalo, so I guess it depends on what the weather is like. Uh, as Pat, as Pat McAfee described it, it was like playing in a snow globe uh, at Ralph Wilson Stadium this past week with the uh, that great overtime win by the uh, Buffalo Bills. Dolphins coming off a huge win at the Patriots to keep their playoff hopes alive. Yeah. Uh, it, it, this game is <laughs> this game is in Buffalo. I'm uh, these two teams play two of the is, next three against each other. This is two tough. of the next three, week fifteen and week seventeen. It's Buffalo, Miami. Guys, I don't know how much of that uh, Monday night game you watched between the Dolphins and the Patriots, but Jay Cutler looked good. He looked great. He looked really good. If that Jay Cutler shows up in this game, and if that defense and that rushing attack shows up against this Bills team— I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they win. I still because because of the fact that it is in Buffalo, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think the weather's going to be nasty, and the Dolphins. Well, they're from Miami. They're not used to playing in nasty weather. Exactly. I mean, Kenyon Drake's very good, but he's not the bruiser of a running back that you need to play in cold weather games. Shady McCoy is one of the best in cold weather games. One of the best. I think Buffalo wins this game. I am making this pick on the fact that I believe T-Mobile is starting. Brian, uh, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. They're going to make it three in a row against the Buffalo Bills. Hedging his bets. Hedging uh, his bets to not, win the pick'em. I not, like it. Not just that, but I also uh 
I was not really impressed with the Buffalo Bills win last week against. No, it wasn't an impressive win. But it, it was, was also really bad in, in twenty-five actually. mile per hour wind. Oh, eight I, I'm the element you can ask for like a twenty-eight to twenty-one. I mean, that that would be a lot of scoring for that game. I think the fact that it was thirteen to seven. That's. Oh, I'm right not talking up. about it simply from a scoring perspective. I'm also talking about it, it was just it was not a good game from anybody's perspective. Whether obviously playing a large factor in it, but I I also don't think whether it's Tyrod Taylor, Nathan Peterman, who's probably dead at this point uh, <laughs> scraping him off the ground still oh, I don't think it really matters and I think the Miami Dolphins defense kills whoever's under center for the for the Buffalo Bills he's still like he's still like cleaning that snow was, out of crevices he probably didn't you know you and I were had. dying when we were watching that I mean, it was bad <laughs> I, that poor kid but I still think Miami makes them look stupid um, uh, I'm, I'm going Miami R.I.P. Nathan Peterman what a season next we have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Minnesota Vikings uh, since he stinks, guys. Yeah, I told you they were going to lose to Chicago, and they didn't even put up a fight. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota is all around. Next, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Redskins. Good for the Cardinals, by the way. I, I was right there, too. You I nailed mean, that I made one. Some work. The, I made some of these good upset picks. I don't know how I didn't do better than 8-8 eight eight last week. Arizona beats, uh, I don't even know who you said. Washington. Washington. Yeah, Washington's <laughs> given up. Skins, I'm telling you, you this them. team fights for Bruce Arians. They're not very good, but they were beset by injuries as well. Arizona wins. I'm going to take a back seat here and let you, you stew you. for a minute. You've been, you've been very, very cleverly sitting and waiting until the last minute on you all You like of that these. Miami pick, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, well, no, I'm just saying I, I feel confident about the Bills. The, but Dolphins are not going to win if it looks like that in Buffalo on Stop Sunday, talking about Miami. Period. Move on to the next game. All right, I, I am going to go with Washington. I don't think Washington's quite dead yet. I think Kirk Cousins is still Captain Kirk. And I, and I think Arizona traveling across the United States – um, I'm not quite dead yet. Yeah, I'm not quite dead yet. Uh, I think the Washington Redskins make this make this this latter part of the season interesting. Dangles. I'm also going with the Redskins to win this yeah. one at home. They need a no uh, respect they need for a, Arizona. No they, respect. No, it's not that. I just don't think they win this game. I think and I don't think Tennessee's I, I think, that good. I think Washington's got a, a chip between, on its shoulder after all this. What's the difference between Arizona and the Chargers? Offensively, what's the difference? They're both they're both throwing back. Yeah, a quarterback, <laughs> a quarterback. and a running back th- and th- a running back. No, no, I think Blaine Gabbert's and playing pretty five well. wide receivers. No, 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 and no, a I... serviceable offensive line. Arizona. Yeah. So, had some so really pretty much the problems. entire offense. I think, I think we just named off. No, there. I think this game is another thirty to thirteen game. Arizona wins. Moving on. Okay, now we're moving on. Uh, all right. So next we have the Eagles at the Giants. In past years, this would have been a good game. Uh, Philadelphia is going to win. Absolutely, I think Nick. Foles I wins. hope. Philadelphia wins. I, I I believe they will. Uh, next, we have the Jets at the Saints. Man, the uh, Jets laid a stinker. Josh yes, McCown out for the rest of the, the year. One week I picked the. F- yeah, me Jets. too. Me God. too. Uh, but yeah, McCown. Without McCown being there, that team is the zero and yep. sixteen. What's Jets. his problem now? Uh, Broken he, hand. Yeah, he's uh, out for the season. God, he gave a hell of a fight this season. He really did. Standing ovation. Uh, Standing O, man. How, Good for how, you. A lot of unexpected. Uh, seasons we've had in the NFL, and Josh McCown's right up there. Unexpected. Yeah, that's good. not one of those names I would thought I would be saying at this point. He of the played season. really, really well. And it's well. too bad he had to exit out with an injury too. That, yeah. that, that's that's sad. So, I'm going with New Orleans. Me too. He yeah. was really torn up about it at the post game press conference. New Orleans. Finally, we have the start of the afternoon games: Titans at the 49ers. Hey, what up, Jimmy? Going with two in Jimmy a row. G. Two, two in a row. Marcus yeah? Mariota looks like poop. Yeah, he's not having a very good is, year. That team is not very good. You want to talk about somebody not making me believe that he's a winner? It's it's both him it's and Jameis. Both him and Jameis have taken a step back in their progression. But I'm going with the beautiful one. Jimmy the Niners. Garoppolo. The Niners are having fun. They believe now. They have a quarterback. They realize they can win. I like the Niners in this one at home. I, wow, man! I thought I was I was going to pick the Niners, and I thought I was going on a limb. Um, 
Is I mean, it is on a limb. The nine, it is a two, bit of a limb. What, three wins total? And, yeah. uh, Tight. This is still not a very good football team, yeah. by and large. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Pretty Jimmy. All right, well, I'll root for Jimmy. I like it. Uh, next, we have the New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to let Dangles break this game down first. Dangles, New England just lost God on Monday. Almighty. Pittsburgh, it's 30 seconds. Pittsburgh has almost lost three games in a row in prime time. Now it's New England. What's at up, Pittsburgh. Buddy? At Pittsburgh. This is going to be two old pros. Well, four, I guess you can really say. Four old pros. Great minds going at one another. Brady versus versus Roethlisberger, who threw for over 500 yards last week. And then you've got Belichick versus Tomlin, two of the smartest, most well-respected, just all-around best coaches in the NFL. I think this comes down, honestly, to Brady versus Roethlisberger. That's where this is going to come down. And moreover, I think what gives, unfortunately, the Steelers the edge in this game is just they, again, at the skill positions. Roethlisberger leading the NFL in passing yards. Le'Veon Bell leading the NFL in rushing yards. Antonio Brown leading the NFL in receiving yards. There is not a team with a better 1-2-3 combo at your top three skill positions than the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game being played at home, I think the Patriots are in serious danger of losing two in a row here. I'm actually going to go ahead and stick with the Patriots, though. They got to win this one, and you go with the master. Belichick is Belichick. I think he gets the better of Mike Tomlin in this one, but the defense must show up, and if that offensive line isn't able to protect Brady if if they can get the kind of penetration the Steelers that the Dolphins got then then the, the Patriots will not win this game I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers um the New England Patriots have won the last three meetings against the Pittsburgh Steelers and I think that it goes back to it in favor of Ben Roethlisberger I really think the Pittsburgh Steelers have an edge here simply because of Gronk I don't know if Gronk's going to play at this moment in time but um I, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers with their you know top five ranked defense, their top ranked top five ranked uh, offense are really are really the team to beat in my opinion in the NFL at the moment with Carson Wentz exiting. I think the New England Patriots obviously will make this game a very t- difficult matchup for them. I think the the uh, the Steelers win on a field goal last minute fourth quarter, you know, drive by one of the Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger. This has been a uh, for the past 15 years it's been groundhog day for the New England Patriots. They do the same thing every year. They start off a little bit slow. They lose a game like at Miami or at Buffalo late where you're like, oh, no, maybe the Patriots have chinks in the armor. And they end up facing one of these teams that you have to win to have that one seed in the AFC, whether it's the Phil Rivers, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson Chargers, or whether it's Peyton Manning's Colts, or whether it's Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know what happens in those games? New England wins. And they're going to win on Sunday. They're absolutely 100% going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have no doubt in my mind. New England wins. Next, we have the late, late game on Sunday. That is Sunday Night Football for you. Cowboys at Raiders. Uh, two teams that have, are not as good as what you thought they would be coming into the season, and both these teams need a win to stay in playoff contention. I'm going with Dallas, though. I'm going to go with Dallas as well. Mm, that makes it interesting. I am going to pick Oakland at home. Okay. I, uh, I think that's a dumb move, Dangles, if you're doing it just to be on the opposite side of Brian because no, Oakland that... stunk last week. Yeah, they did, but I don't think they stink overall. I think I think they are inconsistent, but they still have weapons on the offensive side of the ball. They can still hang with you. And the Cowboys, look, Dak has laid several eggs over the last couple of weeks. He had a breakout game last week. He came back and, and, and all that stuff, and that's great, and I'm glad that he's finally figured out his slump but 
He has been shown to be very much a sophomore at times uh, this this season. And I think the you know if 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 Khalil Mack can find a way to make his life hell and get around on the edges, uh, and hey, Navarro Bowman's a hell of a middle linebacker as well. Um, they have decent guys in that front seven. I think if they can make uh, if they can make life hell for uh, Dak Prescott, you might see a Raiders win. And this is in Oakland. You know they play well in the black hole. If there's one quarterback who's playing worse than Dak Prescott, it's David Carr at the moment. I think David's an analyst for NFL Network. It's the same person practically. <laughs> They're brothers, but anyway, I, th- I think the, I think Derek Carr is also another guy that has been showing late of late a uh, serious slump. It's going to be an interesting game for both those teams. Wouldn't expect either one of them to come out. And now we have the Monday Night Football game. This is the Falcons at the Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa Bay stinks. Yeah, they're really bad. Tampa Bay. I thought stinks. the Lions stunk. When until... you have to turn to Peyton Barber as your running back midway through the season because the muscle hamster Doug Martin is just so god awful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's really bad. I'm going with ATL. Yeah, me too. From what highlights I saw of the Detroit Lions game at uh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because God, we didn't see any of them uh, on the ticket last week. They looked awful. I hope the Falcons spanked them. Falcons all the way. They and, should. And that is your week, what, 15? 15. Wow, guys. It's almost over. It's almost over, and it's Coming to the end. And that's our week 15 Left Coasters podcast. Again, Tony Cavallo, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. When you're watching the NFL Sunday this week, put on your 12 jersey. Put that championship around your waist because Aaron Rodgers is returning. He is coming down from the heavens to bring Green Bay to the promised land, and I cannot wait to watch it and shove it in T.J. Wortham's face when he beats Carolina in Carolina. Go, Rogers, go.
Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!